This podcast contains themes of abuse and trauma. Hi guys, welcome to the sixth episode of the Connected by Stories podcast. I am your host, Owell, and today I've been joined by Jamisha as she shares with us her experiences with abusive partners. Hi Mish, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. As I said to you earlier, today we're just going to be talking about your story and your experiences with abusive partners. And I guess in order for us to do that, it's best to start at the beginning. Let's talk about your childhood. I did not grow up with both of my parents in the same household. I um, actually just started having a actual like decent halfway decent relationship with um my biological dad probably like two three years ago and as far as like my mom um my grandma raised me for the most part I did eventually like live with my mom for a little bit and I had like a stepdad and in terms of your grandma raising you was there a reason um she raised you and you didn't live with your mom yeah so Basically, a little bit before I turned one, my mom got arrested. Um, so the, obviously, I ended up going with my grandma. Um, my biological dad, he wasn't fit to raise me either. Um, both of them were basically like on drugs and stuff. So my grandma ended up taking care of me. Wow. And in the spell that you did live with your mother, what was the relationship like between the both of you? Um. It wasn't the best relationship. Um, me, I'm typically like the black sheep because um, I stay more to myself and I'm very like, um, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, growing up with her, she, um, it wasn't like awful, awful, but it wasn't best. Like she was like emotionally and mentally abusive. She would call me out of my name and stuff. Um, there's times she would hit me and stuff. And there's at one point we did end up like throwing hands, but yeah, it was just, it was rough. Cause like she is, my mom is very selfish. It's like, if it's not benefiting her, then she doesn't see a use in it. And she's, she throws temper tantrums and she has like a control problem. So would you say she's narcissistic to like a certain extent? <laughs> yeah, that lady's a mess. It's um, it's now to the point. Um, our relationship got really bad when I was in college, and it's now to the point that we don't talk. Um, it's like if I do talk to her, it's like every couple months, and it has to be like very for few. Or usually, if she talks to me or she calls me, it's like to ask me for money or to see what I can do that benefits her. And it's to the mm. point, like, now I just kind of avoid her or else, like, she she triggers, like, my anxiety <laughs> really bad, so. Oh, wow. So let's fast forward a little bit and, you know, talk about your first abusive partner. Um, I guess what I wanted to know is how did you meet this person and also what was the relationship like at the start? Um. Let's see. Um... I'm going to give him a cold name. Um, his name is going to, his cold name is going to be like Jay. So yep. me and Jay, how do we meet? Think of social media. 
we both were from like Richmond. He went to a different college than I did. He was actually already grad. He was like a year out of college while I was in my senior year. Um, you know, things started off cool. Like we were texting. It started off very cool. It was great. And then um, we started dating. And I guess I should have seen the red flags, but like I'm pretty sure we bonded over trauma, if that makes sense. Um, trauma bonding because he, like the same way, like my relationship with my parents, he had like a really bad relationship with like his parents. His parents were like abusive and stuff. And he like he understood the signs and things, and like we were like I thought, like, you know, it would have been great. Um, he was the same major as I was, so sociology major. Um, so, you know, you think, like, oh, cool, you understand, you know. Um, it got really rocky because if we were together, we were kind of perfectly fine. But if I was at school, it was like, all right, he'll start arguments with me. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, you're cheating on me. You're a cheater, blah, blah. Like, I remember one time he called me a whore. It was just bad. And I was just like okay well well like I didn't understand um and then it got to one point where he broke up with me I remember this he broke up with me and I was going to a football game that night and I told my best friend I was like best friend come with me to go get my stuff from his apartment because I was always there on the weekends because I would leave school go down there spend time with him so it's like come with me get my stuff so I go with her. We go. We drive and go get my stuff. We're in the apartment. I was like, oh, well, I'm here to get my stuff. And I told him I was coming to get my stuff. He's, like, high and nearly crying. And I'm just like, okay. And then I was just smiling, like, can I get my stuff? Like, he was like, oh, well, you're happy, blah, blah. And he was like, I was just like, I'm chilling. So then he, he's like, oh, I want to talk, blah, blah. So mind you, my best friend is, like, outside just chilling outside, like, the his apartment door. And she texts me. She's like. He has one more time to yell at you, and I'm coming in there. And I was like, okay. So that wasn't even the end of that relationship. It should have been the end. But, well, it should have been the end way before that. But, yeah. And you said that you guys bonded over trauma, you know, the whole trauma bonding. And, again, from your um, description, I'm guessing that the abuse didn't start right away. So can you take us back to when things changed with your partner and, you know, the first time that the abuse did start? Luckily, he never abused me physically, thank God. But um, I feel like the emotional abuse and stuff, it came. It was like we were fine. But then once I got back to school and like he's he he was needy. I hate to say the word needy, but he's very like needy. He needed to know like where I was, what I was doing, if he had a problem or his day was going bad, it was like, all right, well, I need you to fix it. I need you to do this. It's very, like, codependent. So, it, like, probably started, like, we were good. I think it started, like, after he asked me to be his girlfriend. And it took him, like, five times asking me to be his girlfriend. Oh, well. Just because I was like, uh, I don't know. I think it was like I knew from the start, like, hey – don't don't do this but me being a people pleaser i was like all right it's okay yeah i understand and this was not your only brush with an abusive partner was it no 
So what was the, um, I guess, time frame like between him and your next partner? It was like a year later when I started um, dating my um, most recent ex. Like a year later, yeah. Because I was senior year and then I was chilling after that and then, yeah. And are you able to talk us through that relationship? So, you know, similar to the first guy, when did the abuse start? How did things change? Yeah, so it's... So, with my most recent ex, um, we'll call him, um, his name's gonna be Steve. That's gonna be his code name, Steve, because I don't want to name drop. (laughs) um, We got Steve. Yeah, so Steve. So, me and Steve, we met social media, because, you know, clearly my generation thing, but... (laughs) Yeah, so we met, and when we met, I was actually going through, like, a rough patch situation. Like, it was really bad. Like, my stress levels and my anxiety was, like, really high Um, because I was dealing with, like, a sexual assault uh, situation. So that, and so when we met, it was like, all right, cool. Like, he was like, he he literally started off so nice and so sweet. Like, he was like... A brush, uh, like he was great. Like, um, start off cool, um, start off really great, cool. He was, it was, um, it was great. Like, I understood, like, him, he understood me. We like told each other about ourselves. Um, pretty sure ended up being trauma bonding as well, except for he was very narcissist. Um, so with him. If he wasn't getting his way, it was a problem. It was like, I'm trying to think of the word, but (laughs) it was when it came to like emotions and stuff, it was very, it was such a roller coaster. Yep. I was very much like, all right, I have to do anything to make you happy, blah, blah, very codependent. And I think the first, I feel like there was a lot of red flags because it was like if I was like doing schoolwork and stuff, it was like, no, you need to be talking to me. Let's FaceTime. Let's do this. Let's do that. Come see me, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I I cannot. Pretty sure like he he was a serial liar, too. Still don't know what's true and what's not. But at this point, I'm not really too worried about finding out. Um, So with him, I think probably one of the biggest red flags was when. I was in the car and I was with my god sister and I went to go get food and I had him on speakerphone because he called and he was like, oh, my cousin, he wants to go to like TGI Fridays with this girl, blah, blah, we should go on a double date. And I'm like, no, I can't go. Like I have school the next day. I have work the next day, everything else. And so he was like, um, he basically started cursing me out on the phone and like my god sister mute the phone and she was like, he does not respect you. You need to leave, blah, blah. And, like, I didn't listen. Um, there's times in, like, my and my friend's group chat, I would be, like, texting. I'm like, y'all, he did this. He did that. Like, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, Jamisha, you need to leave him alone. I was like, I can't. Like, I'm going to feel like I'm abandoning him. He has so many issues and blah, blah, blah. Like, and he had, like, a bunch of, like, demons and stuff he was dealing with, which is, like, you know, everyone does, but, um, and then 
one thing that he would always bring up is his mom was in the hospital and she had like a bunch of stuff that went on and like me being the type of person I was, I had like just like moved into like my first apartment, blah, blah. And I was like, so I dropped everything to go be with him at the hospital. And I stayed overnight with him the entire time when, when like all of his family left and stuff. And he just wasn't appreciative of it or like, um, there's times I want to be going out of town, going trips and stuff. And he'll be like, no, I want to come with you, blah, blah. So there's no like, I didn't have any freedom or I wasn't able to be independent. If we were hanging out and stuff, he would take my phone, go through it. Um, I remember one time he sent me this this song to listen to and it was like the most disrespectful song ever. And I just, I somehow like I was still like head over heels for this guy i don't understand there's times where in person this guy would literally be poking me upside my head and everything like it was so bad but it was like he would apologize and make it seem like all right it's fine like it's okay i'm so sorry like i didn't mean to blah blah so it was like it was like a love bombing it was it was crazy and uh, i finally decided to leave it alone and get myself together after I was driving um I went to go like an hour away from like um where I live and I went to go um do something so I was on my way back and he was like oh come see me blah blah and I was like yeah I'll come see you blah blah like mind you I hadn't seen him since like early December and this was like after Christmas time like things got like really crazy rocky like it was like everything had to be on his time blah blah so because I was always doing stuff on his time I was like no like somehow there needs to be like some compromise or something so he was like oh come see me blah blah so I'm like all right I'm on my way back I'll be there in like an hour blah blah so he calls me on the phone and he's like oh no blah blah he was like well something's going on with my grandma like I don't know what it is um, he wasn't telling me, he was like, do you want to come with me? Well, I was like, yeah, that's fine. But I was like, you know, like I'm a little shy, so I probably won't say much, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, he flips out on me and we're like sitting here on the phone. I'm like, what is your problem? Like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand why you're flipping out on me. And then he, he literally hung up in my face and I hadn't talked to him in like two, three weeks. And I go back to work, just like a week later, back at work from winter break, and he texts me. And mind you, I was like really shocked. I was shook. I was at my desk like, why is he texting me? And he texted me. He was like, I'm so sorry. Like, everything was my fault. I always like um, put everything on you and blah, blah. And I just like, I, I can't do this. It was just bad. It was just like... He, like, that, he was, like, he was, like, literally, like, he almost broke me. Like, he nearly broke my spirit. It was, it was crazy. And, like, all my friends and stuff, they could see it. They were, like, they were, like, where's Happy Jamisha? Like, they were, like, you're so sad. And I, and me being me, I didn't notice how sad I was. So, it's crazy how everyone else around you can see it. So, with him, you did mention, you know, that he wasn't physically abusive, but then during your story, you also mentioned that there are times where he would poke you upside the head. So I just wanted to know, I guess, like, 
besides being emotionally abusive, did he also, you know, resort to any other kind it of abuse? Was, he's actually emotionally abusive. Um, I mentioned a little bit about him putting his hands on my face physically, and then he was actually yep. sexually abusive as well. Um, is that something that you're able to talk to us about? Um, yeah, um... I'm kind of embarrassed, but I mean, it's part of my story now. But um, yeah, so when it came to being like sexually abused, um, a lot of times like me having sex was like for him, not for me, for his pleasure, blah, blah. blah. So if like there's times like we like argued probably a lot and stuff that day and we get to the point like, oh, we're having sex. Next thing you know, he's trying to do ew, and I'm like, no, like I don't want to like blah, blah. And then he forces in there, and he's like, well, I'm punishing you, blah, blah. So it's like punishment. So it's 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 bad. Oh, wow. And you did mention at the start, you know, your relationship with your mom. Would you say that um, the dynamics between the both of you, the relationship that you did have, sort of, you know, influenced your decisions when it came to, you know, being with this man? I... I actually agree because um, my mom definitely plays a part. And actually, I feel like both of my parents play a part. Like my mom and my dad, my biological dad, play a part when it comes to uh, my relationships and the type of partners I choose. I feel like when it came to my mom, I was always trying to impress her, gain her love, get her attention, do things to make her proud of me, things like that. And it was like, oh, it's never enough. So I feel like when it came to my relationships, I was I was trying to like, it was kind of like, all right, I'm playing like the pick me role, like pick me. And then like also yeah. with her, I only felt love. Like it was like love when um she was being like abusive or toxic and stuff like that. So when it came to my relationships, of course it was going to reflect and it was like, Oh, like, it's like, Oh, with the chaos and things like that, I feel like, okay, you really like me because you're, you're arguing with me. You're hitting me. You're being abusive. You're talking down on me. So it's like, okay. I finally like realized the pattern, like how much like my parents like play a role in the type of partners I choose. And would you say um, that's had other effects on you just in terms of, you know, your everyday life? It has um, because my, this goes like beyond my parents, goes like for my, my whole family because it's like, all right, you can't make mistakes. You have to be perfect. You have, like, it's like, I always had to please them. So me going to college was like, all right, you're the first one to graduate in college. Go ahead, get it done. Um when it came to excuse me when it came to doing things it's just like all right you have to do this you have to do that it was never I could do something that I wanted to do it was me always shrinking myself to fit in a box to appear perfect and I'm at a point where I'm taking myself out of that box and I'm just doing what Mish wants to do and learning more about myself and undiscovering uh, undiscovering and discovering things about myself and just learning more yeah that's great news that's amazing to hear um let's go back to your two exes that you've spoken about so with the first guy you did mention that when you went back to get your um belongings you said that that should have been the end of the relationship but it wasn't 
Why? Um, I will honestly say my self-worth and my um, self-esteem, it was, it was very low. Very low. I say that for both of those relationships. Um, it, me, I'm the type of person I would give you a million and one chances just because I don't, I don't like hurting people. I don't like hurting people and I don't like hurting, um, others' feelings. And I just like, I try and make everyone happy. I'll, I put people before I put myself, which I'm learning. But yeah, so. I should have left and I didn't. And it was just like, all right, seeing him like sad and, you know, crying kind of like, you know, hit a hit a soft spot. So what would you say was, you know, the final straw for you? What gave you that courage to finally decide that, you know what, I've had enough. I need to get myself out of this situation. It's funny because um, the final thing that actually made me, I think... I was starting to grow resentment towards him. So for me, I will leave a relationship mentally before I leave it physically. So it got to the point, um, I was actually going to go do my little sister's makeup for her homecoming. And I sent him a picture of me. And he was just treating me like I was a normal girl. And I was like, you're really treating me like a normal girl? Like, am I not your girlfriend, blah, blah, And he said something like, act like you're my girlfriend or something like that. So now I was just like, you know what? screw this like fuck you i literally was like fuck you honestly act like your girlfriend you don't even deserve me as your girlfriend so then we just broke up i broke up with him and i was just done and um was there still you know communication between the both of you after that or was that it no um he had sent the long message but we didn't keep in contact um I actually nearly killed him, but I'm not going to talk about that, especially on this. <laughs> but no, um, <laughs> no, um, we we didn't see each other or anything. I never went to go get my stuff. Uh, we didn't keep in contact. I ended up finding out he was cheating on me basically the entire time. So that's where that whole, oh, you're a cheater thing came in from. But I mean it's it's cool it says what it is he actually he had blocked me on instagram unblocked me on instagram probably like a year later no not a year later like some months later and he liked one of my pictures and i was like me being me being petty which i shouldn't have been petty i was like why did you like my picture like what are you doing what are you trying to say because he just kept liking them and it would be random times and i wouldn't have even posted a picture so it's like why so trying to get your attention yeah so i was like so then he was just like he just he never gave me a solid answer so i was like you know what you're going on a block list because i don't have time for you it's bad because i actually hate blocking people i feel so bad (laughs) (laughs) well so yeah sometimes it has to be done though yeah you're right one thing that I did want to know, however, was, you know, you mentioned that your friends knew about these things that were happening. So I guess, you know, while they were happening, what was the support like? Um, everyone, they're like, we, they were, everyone's very supportive because they were like, all right, whatever you decide to do, like we support your decision, blah, blah. But everyone was like, we don't like him. They made it clear. Like when it came to my second ex, they were like, we don't like him. They made it very clear, but they were like, if you're going to stay, like, we understand. But they wanted me to learn a lesson on my own. 
because they yep. know that I'm very hard headed and I'm not going to listen until <laughs> I find out for myself and see it for myself. Oh, that's great. No, it's always, you know, great to have a good support network around you when you're going through certain things in life. Um, the final question I was going to ask is what advice would you give to anyone that's in a similar situation? I, the advice I would give is, I feel like saying leave is so um, stereotypical, but like, if you can get out of it, get out of it as soon as possible, get out of it when you realize, I honestly will say something that has been helping me more is realize the red flags when they pop up. Don't ignore them because those red flags will end up being a reason why you end up leaving later. Realize them, notice them, be honest with yourself. It's like, yeah, you may like a person, but you also have to realize you have to love yourself more. Like, don't don't shrink yourself for anyone. Um, the perfect person is out there, person that's willing to give you pure, healthy love. Don't fall for the toxic bullshit. Don't... It's like it's crazy because some things like some red flags are like just subtle, subtle yeah. <laughs> uh, starting out. So you don't really notice them. But like think and just be aware, um, be in the moment. Don't look at potential. Actually look at who that person is because potential will break your heart. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, just and um, he'll take time for yourself. Um, I can honestly say when it came to both my relationships at those times, I was not in a good, good mental state or good as a person during those times. So of course, like I was at a low vibration, so it was easy for them to, you know, get in there, but also you cannot sit there and blame the other person for everything that happened at one at some point you have to take accountability like hey i knew what i was getting myself into it's my fault I definitely so take accountable take accountability and just just be okay with it um be honest with yourself about it right do whatever you have to do um forgive yourself for it don't be so hard on yourself and just understand like hey to learn a lesson what can i learn about this what is it teaching me what do i need to work on within myself so, yeah yeah so um as part of your advice you did say you know write do whatever you need to do so i just wanted to know for you in particular did you have any coping mechanisms anything that you did uh like when it came to healing yep um, I'm still in my healing process <laughs> because uh, me back we broke up like December, so I'm still in my okay. healing process. But um, for me, I love reading books, um, self help books, things like that. Um, I write. For me, I write out how I how I'm feeling at the moment, what I'm thinking. Um, I haven't t- tried the burning thing yet, just because. I'm I'm very I'm such a keeper, so I like to keep one of things. I'm such a writer. Um, what do you mean by the burning thing? Like burning their property? Oh no, not burning their property. <laughs> Although I, like, I do like burning things. I'm <laughs> 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 so weak because I love burning things, but no, not burning their property. Give their property back if you do have anything. <laughs> but me, it's hard for me to. Um, 
have I let go of anything now that I think about it? <laughs> but no, uh, the burning method is writing down everything you feel and just taking a lighter and burning it. So basically like releasing. But for okay. me, I like to write everything down. I like to write out how I felt, what they did, um, what good quality, what good qualities did they have and things like that. Just, you know, just be like, all right, so this is what I liked about you. And for me, it's just very releasing or like if I feel angry, just get it all out on a piece of paper. For me, I've learned writing down helps me process my um, emotions and my feelings. That's some great advice. Um, I'm sure anybody who finds themselves in similar situations would really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, that, that is all I wanted to talk about today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Mish. No problem. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. That is all for today, guys. Once again, I would like to thank Jamisha for sharing her story with us. I hope this has been thoroughly helpful to anyone in a similar situation. Please know that you are never alone. To listen to more episodes, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform where you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Connected by Stories. Please share this if you know someone who would benefit from the stories. If you have a story you would like to share, please feel free to reach out to me through Instagram or anonymously through Curious Cat. The link will be in the description. See you on the next episode of Connected by Stories. Peace.